Welcome to the Die Hard Hoops podcast. Micah Kramer, Stephen Kramer, on the road again, going to Bowling Green, Ohio for basketball camp, talking about the NBA Finals, Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks. They've played two games. After you've listened to this, they've probably have played three games. You heard our predictions. They sounded correct. But we're here to talk about a couple more things. Mikey, you watched the game. I watched the game. Actually, I watched through three quarters and saw what was going to happen. I went to sleep because I usually go to bed pretty early and get up pretty early. So, main thoughts from game two? Uh, I mean, what we had on our last episode was right. You know, we talked about the big three of the Bucks have not proven that they can play together and be successful all at the same time. And and we saw that here. You know, Giannis had one of the, you know, a fantastic game. Unbelievable game. He tied Michael Jordan for the most points in a quarter in finals history. And then there's Middleton and Holiday just didn't do anything. They looked, they looked bad. And uh, so, yeah, it's just – it's not looking good. You know, I picked the Suns to win in six. Um you know, I think this is going to be a sweep, and, and you think this is going to be a sweep. <laughs> so you went from six games to a to sweep? To a sweep, yeah. Wow. Um, wow. It's just not looking good, and the Suns, they seem to look better every single game. They just got guys that are confident, and nobody's selfish. There's no pride on pride issues on that team, and, uh, you know, they just work together as a unit. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking Bucks or Suns in five. I, I think that – Milwaukee's got a good chance to win tonight. Um, you know, maybe a game four, but uh, I think they'll win one game, and I think this is the best chance they have to win. Yeah. With the turnaround, two days off, going back home, it's going to be a rabid, rabid crowd of Bucks fans. And, um, you know, Deer, Deer Valley is going to be nuts and um, there's some home cooking involved I mean I think Holiday and Middleton are going to play better at home they're going to feed off the crowd um, it's it's bad when Giannis has an all-time game and you don't win it as a team because the other guys had that rough of a night um, and after watching that game and, and Giannis continue to to play through the playoffs it's he has his deficiencies, but part of me thinks he's he's underrated by some people because of like his free throws and because you know, he'll do certain things and you're just like, didn't you see like just his IQ? <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, we won't cut that. His IQ, um, like decision making. Go, go ahead, I got a gin drink. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're recording this in the car. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is kind of funny because he went from being, in my opinion, definitely overrated. He has he has two MVPs and he doesn't have a complete skill set at all. And you know, two MVPs before he really proved himself in the playoffs. And and now I'm at this point. 
you know, I'm not a big Giannis fan. I like his mentality, but I'm not really a Giannis fan at all. That's why I don't root for the Bucks. I don't like watching them. I don't like the way they play. They just seem like a really dumb team. Um, but at the same time, I do appreciate uh, the way he played last game and some of the things that he does, you know. He, he has a, a bad knee, but you can't even tell because he's put so much work in on his body. And so with a bad knee, he blocked a shot when he jumped from the free throw line to do it. He had a couple crazy Shaq-like dunks, and, you know, he's just aggressive all the time. So I think he is definitely underrated uh, in a couple areas. Well, I wouldn't say underrated, but he's definitely hated on and not not really appreciated yeah. uh, by certain people just because he doesn't have a complete skill set. Right. And, yeah, I might be one of those people. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, you look and you're like, you'll watch him play and you, you won't think that he played that well and then you look at it and you're like oh he had you know 30 points 15 rebounds and he shot 65 percent from the field and you're like yeah wait what i don't think he played well you know and that'll be his his box score and i think we're just so used to him and that's how we got those mvps they had a ton of team success to go along with it was because like he's just He's filling up the box score in so many ways, and he does it so easily that it's easy to overlook it when, when you do it so easily, I think. And um, and then when you have glaring holes that other people can exploit to the level of, like, when Shaq was playing, where it's like, if the game's close, you almost can't have him out on the court because he's not going to make free throws. Yeah, That becomes a big, a big issue, and he, he does remind me a lot of a a different version who gives you very similar results of some of what Shaq does. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as Shaq. No way. Like, prime Shaq was <laughs> like really, really good. Um, but at the same time, they also had Kobe on the team who's like, at any point, if Shaq's not doing his thing, like, I'll just take this game over myself. You know? Which is why they're, you know, some of the best teams of all time. But, um, when I watched that game, Drew Holiday has to finish at the rim better. He likes to use his left hand. He does a lot of things with his left hand. He was missing that shot. Um, he and Middleton took some awful, awful shots, which, again, we spoke about after game one, where the Suns aren't going to give you empty possessions. And if they do get into isolation, it's going to be a Chris Paul or Devin Booker isolation. And they are way better isolation players than anybody has on the Bucks. Better than Giannis, better than Milton, better than Holiday. So they're going to create a very makeable shot. And it just, when Middleton, even when they make it, like if Middleton goes ISO and you make, they make the shot, you, you see it and you're like, they can't live on that. Like they're, they're just, they have to get better shots than that. Whereas high, high level players, like that next level of elite player, like a Chris Paul or a Booker, you're like, yeah, that's just part of the team's game and what they want. You know, they want to take those shots, and as a teammate, you want to take those shots too. Um, the Bucks got a lot more physical in game two. Holiday was picking up Chris Paul. There were a couple times where I was like, okay, they're starting to, you know, get up in him. He had a couple of turnovers that, you know, he might normally not have had if he didn't pick up as much full court. Um, 
if they can, if they could win like a game three and a game four while Milwaukee's playing more of a physical brand of basketball, I can see Chris Paul again, like he's old, you know, he's my age. Maybe he's starting to wear down throughout the course of a long season, short off season, going deep into the playoffs. And as we know, everybody's gotten injured. So like, I could see this paying off if they can win, if Milwaukee can win these two games at home. And then all of a sudden you start to see maybe some Chris Paul shots usually go in. Now he's missing those shots. Yeah. Now everybody gets a little bit a little bit tighter as you get into a, maybe a game six. Oh, okay, it's a game seven, you know. And um, So for Milwaukee to win, I think they just need to be more physical and, and try to wear out um, from a defensive side the Phoenix offense. Yep. But they can't do it simply on that end. Like, you have to have a 30-point Middleton game. Yep. You have to have a, you know, 19, 20-point holiday game tonight. Yep. Um, and then Giannis is going to have to be Giannis, and, and that's going to have to make up, you know, about 80 points, you know, I think, for them to, to win. They don't have much depth. They don't you know, they, they keep limiting the, the minutes, and, and that's why it's got to be, you know. What, if, what do you think Milwaukee has to do to win tonight? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everything you said. You know, they all three of them have to have a solid game. Um, Holiday needs to, you know, stuff the stat sheet, um, you know, assist points, uh, you know, rebounds, and wearing Chris Paul down on defense, just trying to make the game a little uglier than it normally is for Chris Paul. Um, and yeah, because when you watch the Suns, you think, you know, what can the opposing team do to exploit them? Um, and it's really not anything from an X's and O's, or like, oh, let's let's attack this player, this and that. Like, I think what it really is is what you're saying. Try to wear them down. You know, Middleton is is bigger than Booker. You know, Holiday is bigger than Chris Paul. Uh, both stronger. You know, wear them down physically and, uh, you know, just keep attacking and and taking smart shots. And I think part of wearing them down is making sure you get good possessions on offense because, like you said, part of the Suns' game plan is Booker and Chris Paul doing their isolation that are are very tough shots, but they're good shots for them. And then it seems like Holiday or Middleton will dribble the ball up the court and try to match them. And that does not seem like it's part of the game plan at all. If it's either part of their game plan and they're dumb or not part of their game plan and, you know, it's just a dumb mistake on their part. Um, you know, last game the Suns had a good possession and I think they finished off with, you know, either Booker or Chris Paul had a big switch on them and they hit a tough jumper, but it was part of the game plan. They had a big switch on them. So then Holiday dribbled it down the court, made a couple moves, and pulled up a tough two from the wing and hit the side of the backboard. And it was like, those were both tough shots, no but it was flow. not the same at all. Right. Not the same at all. There's no flow to the Bucks, And after that miss, you know, it was just like a deflating possession. It just the wasn't Suns came a down regular scored miss. after that, I think. Yeah. And, and it's almost like, you know, I guarantee, like, Chris Paul is kind of laughing in his head every time a Holiday 
or Middleton do a shot like that, like, what are you guys thinking? Like, haha, this is kind of funny. Let's get a rebound and let's go have another good possession right back at you. And so, yeah, this the Bucks just have to stick to their strengths. We know that Middleton is capable of hitting tough shots, but a lot of the time it seems like he insists on making it as hard on himself as possible. And that's why I am so frustrated with watching him and the Bucks. Um, but, I mean, you know, maybe I want them to win tonight. I want to see a good series. And, you know, I want to see how a long series would play out if Chris Paul is going to get, you know, a little tired, a little worn down, and maybe things will even out a little bit. Because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of either one of these teams. I want the Suns to win, but I want to see a good series even more. So uh, we'll see how the Bucks respond tonight. Yes, we will. And uh, I want to touch on one more thing um, in this, you know, hyper stats analytics day and age um, and how, how so many people want to look at statistics to put a value on how good a certain player is. And um, it's silly. It's really silly, you know. Um, like... Tim Duncan is probably a top five player of all time, but the analytics people would, like, never... They wouldn't have anything to back that up with, right? Because he, he was never... He never averaged 30 a game. You know, he, he never had, you know, crazy, crazy stats. They were always, like, really good stats. Um, but when you... If you ever watched him, prime Tim Duncan play like that dude is unstoppable and he doesn't have he literally has no weakness on the court um but from a stat standpoint that's not you don't see the certain players dominating possessions offensively and defensively just looking at the stats and, yeah. and so today I was looking at pace of play and how and, and three point percentages over the decades and I think this basketball season, 2020-2021, the three-point percentage was like one or two percentage points higher than the three-point percentage from 20 years ago. I think that would probably surprise a lot of people that it's essentially the same. Um, you know, you, if you looked at a different season, I mean, it might be, if I was looking at about 20 years ago. The 2000 2001 season. So what? So what has changed? Pace of play has increased about 10 possessions per game. So each team's getting more, about 10 more shots up, and the volume of three-point shots taken. Now, do I think three-point shooters in general are better than 20 years ago? Um, I think. The average shooter, yes, is better because it's it's a shot that's more accepted and practiced by more people. Um, but with the high amount of volume of shots taken, that's just not shown in the percentage of shots that are going in. They're still about the same. Um, so if you know, do, do I think if if players today only took the threes that we took from 20 years ago? Would they make a higher percentage? Yeah, I do. Because I, I just think there's more 
players that can, that can shoot it a little bit, a little bit better. But that's 20 years. That's a long time. You know, a lot of our listeners, you might be 20 years old. You know, like that's your entire lifetime that we're talking about, and we haven't seen this crazy jump in that area. Like, I feel like the media makes it out to me. It's like, no, look at, look at the. If you want to use stats to back up how great some player is, well, you need to look at all the stats. And the stats are telling you that three-point percentages haven't really risen much over 20 years. Uh, But the volume of threes have, and the pace of play has risen, which means players are just going to score more points. There's more possessions to do it. They're shooting more threes. The game's more spread out. The game's more spread out, and the rules are different. The game's not as physical. So players are less likely because they don't they want to stay in the game. You don't want to get in foul trouble. They're less likely to give you that hard foul. They're less likely to, you know, bump you um, because it's illegal now. And all of that needs to be taken into account when we think that what we're watching is like the best and the best that it's of everybody who's ever done it. Um, that's just, that's silly. You know, you have to give all of these people decades and decades before they were the best in the world at that time. Yeah. And for the most part, you take the best in the world at whatever given time they were in and you, you put them into today's game, they're going to find a way to be successful. And yeah, they're probably going to shoot some more threes too. And there's going to, if they're the best player, that means if their team has 10 more possessions a game, well, it means they're shooting, you know, more threes and more shots every game, and they're going to have better stats too. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's like, um, I was watching a TED Talk, and they were talking about how much the 100-meter dash has improved since, to Jesse Owens. Is that like the famous 100-meter Olympic guy? And they... So he sh- they showed Jesse Owens 100-meter time. And they're talking about how, you know, have, have humans evolved, you know, to be this better version. And have they, you know, are we just becoming faster and stronger and all these better things? And uh, it was an amazing TED Talk. Make sure you guys look it up on YouTube. He said... Let's look back at what Jesse Owens was running at. He was running on uh, like a, an asphalt, dirt track. Think about that. He was running on those. And then he was talking about the shoes. The shoes that they wore like a hundred years ago when they were running around the track were nothing, like nothing even close to what we have today (laughs) and then he was talking about the what we know about training you know and and all these other birds but he was he he did a really good job of he literally just took a couple of the physical things from like what you what you wore on your body from your shoes to like your uniform and the surface that they were running on and if you if you take the the data from like force production compared to the nice 
tracks that they have now and the shoes that they have now and how light they are and all this different stuff. And if you just took those physical things and you put them on Jesse Owens based on his time, he would have like one of the five or ten fastest times ever in the world. <laughs> right? And, and, you know, because if you just took his time, like he wouldn't even qualify for the Olympics. Yeah. You know, with, with that time. But if someone now had to go in and run under the circumstances that he was running, like he's going to destroy pretty much everybody. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it was just cool proof uh, to see that like know our technology has gotten better but as humans <coughs> no like you you can take Jesse Owens the best athlete of his time and throw him in now with the, the best athletes of our time he's gonna fit right in and you're just gonna give him the best shoes and the best nutrition and the best training and he's gonna be the best of the best too yep. you know and um, so we need to keep keep that in mind as well, like Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Kareem, like those guys are still crazy athletes wearing like, you know, like you look the skateboarding shoes, like people wear those shoes skateboarding that they used to wear in a basketball game pretty much. Yeah, I mean, those pictures of like Kareem and Will Chamberlain like jumping up in the air. And they're imagine, wearing like, the just, shin splints with the oh knee pain. God. I feel like I feel like my knees and my shins would be so terrible. I would quit by the time I was twenty five. Which, which uh, again, a lot of those players back then, you had a much shorter career, right? Your body just broke down, and I can't imagine wearing. I mean, can you imagine playing the NBA eighty two games plus the playoffs, and you got to wear those flat top shoes, and, and it's cloth. That's that's with laces is what you're wearing around your, your feet. Like that's a shoe, a rubber, a flat rubber bottom with cloth and laces. That's your basketball shoe, you know. And and so like it just puts perspective. And like when that guy is jumping and his head is still at the rim, like how much more difficult is it to do that than in an amazing pair of Nikes yeah. that you know any junior high or high school kid can buy today you know it's crazy um it's just important to keep keep that stuff in mind and then the rule changes like i said and all this other stuff um the the greats were the greats were legit great at any point you can put them in a time machine and they're going to they're going to thrive you know no doubt about it which is also like I heard a crazy argument about Michael Jordan and being like, oh, Michael Jordan was athletic for his time. <laughs> but when, you know, you put him 20 years in the future, he's not going to be. I was like, no, no, you're, that, you're, you're, the point that you're making is proving the point that I'm about to make. The NBA was full of the best athletes back then. And look at how athletic Michael Jordan was and everything that he was able to do. <laughs> So now if you give him all the future technology and nutrition and all those things, he's going to be jumping from, like, the three-point line. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be, like, real-life, yeah. you know, Space Jam or something with with how crazy athletic he was. And uh, not just Jordan, but, I mean, Len Bias, who, who died before his first game, was a crazy athlete. 
David Thompson was just like an out of this world um, athlete. Again, we mentioned Kareem before, like just the stuff that those guys were able to do with very limited technology. Um, you give them all the technology today, and it's just like, you know, they're going to be doing scary stuff like LeBron and, and Giannis and, and maybe even beyond. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, people look at, you know, I've heard a lot of people say Kobe wouldn't be as good in today's NBA. And, dude, just go back and watch the film of him playing. He's putting up 30 points in playoff games where if he takes one dribble to the middle of the court, the whole the whole defense is on him. Like, his only option is to shoot a fadeaway over one or two hands. And you're telling me he would do worse in today's NBA, where it's five out. Uh, it's yeah. five out. He draws a double, or he doesn't draw a double. He's gonna blow by somebody, or just cook them one on one, or he's gonna draw a defender and have an easy dump off. And you know, there's so many guys that would be more successful in today's NBA, and there's guys in today's NBA, the best of the best, you know, would be successful back then too. You know, people always say, you know, if you put LeBron where Michael Jordan was, LeBron would have 10 rings. No, he wouldn't have 10 rings, but he would be really good, too. He would be a legend. Um, You put Michael Jordan here today, he's going to be a legend, too. He's probably the most competitive athlete to ever live. His hands are bigger than Kawhi Leonard's. He's more coordinated than almost any player ever. He has one of the best, probably the best layup package ever. One of the the master of the mid-range, like the inventor of the moves that we saw Kobe doing growing up, and he could jump higher or just as high as pretty much everybody in the NBA right now, and you're telling me he wouldn't be as good in today's league. That's that's nuts. That's nonsense. Yeah. Um, and I think a way to kind of get past this nonsense that people are saying is to stop really comparing so much like from athlete to athlete. So instead of you know, knocking on LeBron James or knocking Michael Jordan because you want to see which one's better. How about you just look at each one individually and then you can appreciate how great they are. You know, I'm, I'm totally fine with you saying, you know, what if LeBron played in this area era? What would he do? How would his game, you know, be? How would his game change? That's cool to think about. But if you're only doing that to say, what if you put LeBron in this era, then would he be better than Michael Jordan? And then you're just kind of figuring out what to bash about each one of them. You know, that's when the conversation starts to get, you know, like your pride and, your, and whatever it is that the, the reasoning that you want one player to be better than the other. It kind of like clouds your the eye test that you should be taking when you watch the players and you start to get a little overly infatuated with stats and, and the conversation just isn't as good anymore. Um, so I think, yeah, the game is evolving. The players uh, are becoming more skilled in certain areas, are focusing on certain areas like the three-pointer. And, you know, we should just appreciate the way the game's moving and appreciate the players in the past that have kind of laid the foundation, but also acknowledge that, you know, they're the greatest of all time for a reason. Um, it's not like, you know, they just played in an era where people didn't know how to play. You know, they, they were the best of the best playing against the best of the best. So. Yeah, and I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, I just feel like you know, we live in such a stats day and age where it's easy to look at stats and then, then we can use that to back up whatever opinion that we want. And 
wanted to make sure that you know we recognized you know the rules of the game are different than they used to be. The the pace of the game is is higher than it was 15, 20, 25 years ago. Um, the style of the game, based because of the rules, in large part, have changed. You know, so say like, oh, Jordan, you know, would be able to do whatever because he was a bad three-point shooter. It's like, well, that wasn't what they practiced back then a lot, like some. Yeah. But if he was playing today, like you would, you would play whichever way best suited that style and that's what Jordan would have done just like any player that's bombing 10 threes a game now well if you put him in a time machine and send him back they wouldn't be shooting 10 threes a game yeah. you know because that's not what was you know how, how the game was how the game was played so um, just something to just something to think about and um, you know stats are fun and they're good talking points but make sure that you understand that we, we you can't just compare a player from 20 years ago by throwing some stats up and saying okay this player was was better you know <laughs> yeah. and the best way to to do it is, is probably the Tim Duncan compare you know to anybody like if you took out the fact that he was nine-time first team all-nba five-time champion you know two-time nba if you took all of his like awards out took all of his awards out and just looked at his stats you'd be like oh he was good but he wasn't you know whatever like actually he's one of the best ever you know yeah so anyhow those are my two cents and um we're excited to watch the the game tonight and um see who wins peace peace